0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club.
0: Hi folks, Tino here at the Celtic Exchange and the curtain has finally come down on a season that will live long in the memory for Celtic fans as Ange Postacoglu and his team reclaimed the Scottish Premiership trophy at the very first time of asking. It seems a very long time ago that we were losing the opening day fixture against Hearts but what a season it then turned out to be. This week we're bringing you to our end of season awards for a season that was and I'm delighted to be joined by Miff, James and Paddy for this one. Miff, your summary of the season
1: as shortly and sweetly as you can please. Hello oh, Tino, hello oh, Paddy. Hello James, hello listeners it's very very crowded uh, very crowded this evening um, oh, shortly and sweetly just absolutely brilliant um, and greatly exceeding the expectations uh, I'm on record The saying being within 10 points at Christmas would be acceptable but, we were. but then subsequently on a run which I don't think a lot of people seen coming and really really helped by the the additions to the squad in in August and January so all in all an amazing season led by a fantastic manager
0: nice short and sweet James nice to have you here so very close to me Um, (laughs) the the close brothers how do you sum up that first (laughs) season on the ranch
2: very similar to my you know expectations were low I mean I I don't think I've got it in me to not tip Celtic for the title ever. So I'm always like, no, nah, no, nah, I think you know we'll do it kind of thing. Um, but it wasn't through any great football analysis or stats. You know, we, were, we were well far back. I remember particularly the game against St Mirren that we drew at Love Street. That was probably my lowest point. Um, we didn't reckon on big Mick Nicholson signing four first team starters in, in January who came on and you know set us up on that run to, to a great degree. And then to go and do it the style he did... The football we played all season and I just think to guns and to get the rewards at the end was just tremendous. It's, it's up there with the greatest Celtic title wins in my life.
0: I may be getting ahead of myself, but have you got Big Mick Nicholson in as one of your players of the season? <laughs> He's got to be counted. He's been solid since January, <laughs> hasn't he? <laughs> no messing. Yeah. Uh, Paddy, for yourself, did the season turn out to be more than you could maybe hope for, given you know where we were at in the summertime?
3: Yeah, I, I agree kind of with uh, what Jamie's saying there. I think it's more one of those ones where... We should be challenging every single season. But that we left ourselves the board left us in a bit of a position where it was a bit of a nightmare for us last summer. Um so it is nothing but hope that you, you, you build a team just to go and, and at least give a bit of a challenge. And and they did they did that and some and then some and I, I thought they were they were brilliant to a man, every single player that played their part. Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: So but the you know, curtain coming down in the season officially at the weekend there, don't need to talk about cup champions and all that nonsense. Um, perfect time for us to go through what is the inaugural Celtic Exchange End of Season Award. So there's going to be four categories. Um, so just for the listeners, we'll, we'll be doing Young-ish Player of the Year. Miff, we'll get to that in a second. How come we didn't do it last year?
1: Oh, were <laughs> <laughs>
0: we we weren't <laughs> feeling it. We weren't uh, feeling it. Technical difficulties is I, the official I think, reason. I think it was, eh? Right? Uh, so, yep. So category one, Young-ish Player of the Year. Category two, Goal of the Season. Category three is, I'm going to speak to all the guys for their moment of the season, so that's a non-goal category, and I know a few other podcasts have done this, but I think it's a great topic, so a non-goal category, your moment of the season, and then finally player of the year, and the way this is going to work um, out with the moment of the season, section three, the way this will work for the other categories is the guys will debate us like anyone would in a panel before agreeing, that'll be interesting if, if you three can agree on anything, yeah. uh, who the, the collective winner is for each award, so that sounds fair everyone, good for that? Sounds good to me. Great. So, as mentioned, first category, young ish player of the year. The reason being young ish, because if we're being really honest, Leo Labada at 20, he was and is the standout. He obviously won the official award and, you know, he would certainly be the, the bona fide young player of the year. Beyond that, though, we've got guys like Tony Ralston, 23 years young, math.
1: Yes, and I have a slight uh, bony pick there. Uh, we obviously compiled a shortlist to, for the seeker. keeping this relatively. Contained and structured. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ralkson made the shortlist and is age 23. Correct. Greg Taylor's also 23 and didn't make the shortlist. I, because I he showed I, pers- I personally think that's a travesty. It's
0: because he must like, yeah, got like, so missed the
1: start of the season, day. otherwise yeah. he'd have
0: been and right nonsense. in there. Nonsense. But you're, anyway, you're already on. trying to rock the agenda. Move man. on. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. At least I read it. <laughs> this is true. First time for Everton. Uh Won a season's good record, Math. So Tony Ralston, 23. He's on the list. Leah Labada, of course, 20 years of age. Jota, also 23. And I kind of just want to throw him in. Matt O'Reilly, half a season, of course, but 21 years of age. So coming to you first, Paddy. So uh, of those four guys, does anyone jump out for you? Any points of note?
3: I think if you're trying to bring Jota into it, then... Oh, he's in. Oh, I know he's in. He a, is in. A, a, um, I'd say that he would be, for me, just... After McGregor, I think he's been incredible this season. Um, He's he's number two for me this year. I think he's just, um, he's provided so much to us um, and a player that's kind of just come in. He's not really taking any time to settle. He's just, he's just there. Um, A few questions raised about bigger games. For a guy that's not really played a lot of football Mm -hmm. in his career as of yet, that'll come. Uh, I'm not really worried about he's, that he at showed all
2: Leverkusen away he showed, he's, oh, got, God, he's got a yeah.
3: big game attitude yeah. a- Absolutely And and just the composure And the finish sometimes for him Sorry Paddy uh,
0: Hands up in here Who was that? Leverkusen away Oh
3: Miff Hands down sir
1: I think that oh. was orchestrated For those For <laughs> I those listening I don't like this That's an ambush For those <laughs>
3: listening Miff's hand stayed down there That's an
1: ambush
3: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah For for me I'd say Jota Um Abada, incredible season, his numbers back it up um, entirely and he's rightfully won the awards throughout the the full league, not just with Celtic, so uh, an incredible season for him as well, but yeah, Jota, just what a player.
0: Yeah, some of those numbers, James, before I come to you, so you're absolutely right Paddy, Abada's stats for a 20 year old winger, first time, you know in a foreign land, making his way. 15 goals and 11 assists. Incredible stuff. Uh, Tony Ralston from right back, inverted right back, five goals, nine assists. Jota, solid numbers again, 13 goals, 14 assists. And Matt Riley, listen, just came in the door late, four goals and two assists, but devastatingly handsome. James, your take on those four lads? Eh, hey, I mean,
2: even if you just said who's been you know, the biggest contributor of the season, I would put a bad ahead of Jota. You know, age... You know, a kind of thing. He's he's come in and he's he's put the numbers down. Jota had that funny spell after his hamstring against Tarts, where it took a wee bit of time to kind of get get back into the swing of things, and he is back. You know, he showed that in the last you know couple of months kind of thing. So huge Jota fan. Um, but Abada stands out for me. The the Ralston thing Is things really interesting because you'd want to expand that Player of the Season category to include things like, you know, who's who's really applied themselves the most. You know, there's no category for that, but who's shown real mental grit, determination. Somebody pointed out today that he knocked back a contract from a Scottish Championship team last season and he could be playing the World Cup in, you know, eight months' time, you know, six months' time. Yeah. So what a turnaround, and it's all down to his own individual attitude, determination, mental strength, everything. I mean, he's a real poster boy for a lot of players in the club should be looking to and saying, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So huge fan of what else he's done. Um, Matt O'Reilly, he is there because of his good looks, let's be fair. Um but I think there's there's so much to come from him next season, and even more so now that you know there's been a um, you know with, with uh, Tom Rogic going, there's there's space there, which th- I think we'll sign in that position because wants to rotate a Rogic and an O'Reilly. So um, th- four quality players, all you know contributed
0: massively to the season. But a badder for me is, is the head and shoulders. Yeah. Well, they're just taking some notes for some categories we can introduce for next year's awards. So the who's applied himself the most of the season award? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll throw that in the mix. I think we'll, we'll see that. We'll be the first to do it. We yeah. won't be the last. Trailblazers you know. leading the way in Scottish but football the, you know, podcast. I mean, Ralph's not going to win any of these awards, but <laughs> he deserves some kind of award. We're also introducing a uh, mid-20s player of the season for next year. So the youngish one's been a wee bit... Bending the rules, so we'll get these guys at 24 and 25. Carter Vickers would be a shoo in for the mid 20s player year, <laughs> but we're getting distracted. So, Matt, we've obviously debated the guys there. Um, James leaning heavily towards Abada. Was that your kind of nod, generally speaking, Paddy? Do you think Abada or Jota?
3: No, I said Jota. Jota.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> Matthew <laughs> M- might have the deciding say, which is a dangerous thing at the best of times. Um, there's a, there's a somebody not in the category coming out here.
1: Um, no, 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 not to have already made my displeasure <laughs> um, well known. Um, Ralston admirable season um, no one could have seen this coming he, he's he been absolutely phenomenal and, and I think James makes an excellent point there I think the, the way I would sum it is who has made the most of their ability yeah. aye, with, aye.
3: you know without a Max shadow of yeah, a yeah. Shadow
1: I doubt he's done that and I think then some he's, he's found you know Considerable improvement from all known form. Um, Slit like a horse going for a Scottish trainer to Willie Mullins. One for your horse, Lanzarote. Oy, I just bolting up my handicap. <laughs> um, I would say, down to a, a really excellent impact, but I think you need to give a nod to the players that have been there the, the full season. Um, Abada, Abada's numbers are excellent, but I think in, in terms of actual. I don't know, substance. Star quality. It, it's Jota for me. Um, Abada still has a tendency to be a wee bit, you know, I, I don't know, he, he, even on the ball, he can be really, really... What's the word I'm looking for? Inconsistent? Uh, he's inconsistent. He can be a bit... He's a bit lax sometimes. He, he, he tries things which, which aren't really on and kind of and makes... Listen, he's only nineteen. He's yeah. making the wrong decisions. That That's absolutely fine. But for me, Jota is just... I think Jota is just more consistent and... I think Jota has probably got the potential to be an absolute superstar if he if he if he's coached right and continues his progression. I, I think Jota will be a you know a, a, an extremely good player who will play at a high level for a, a good number of years. But that's not to say. I mean, his numbers are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. If you'd been told that, if you'd yeah. been told that when he arrived, and also I just like the way that at the start of the season when everything was up in the air, he, he just tried so hard that like, you could see the effort he was putting in. He made such an impression early doors which bodes really well for his attitude moving forward. But for me, sure gets a nod.
0: Yeah, I, I think from a football purist point of view, y- you can't fail to watch Jota and, you know, be impressed by what he does. He's, he's just got that star quality. There's such a huge hope amongst the Celtic fans that we get to sign him and Carter Vickers on a full-time basis. But I think just real star quality, somebody who's been so exciting over the year and just, just extremely talented and we'll be lucky if we get him. Jota gets an odd for that one. In terms of a badder, you're right, Matthew, you can't underestimate, you know, some of his numbers and some of the important goals as well. He'll go down as a guy who scored the first competitive goal under Ange, scored against Muteland. Myself and James get tickets for that one when it was still half a stadium and all that kind of stuff. I was I was there. Yeah. And also that huge goal against the United Paddy and
3: what a moment that was. A great goal. And kind of what you were talking about, he's quite... Um... He's unsure about himself sometimes when he's trying to pull off any any bit of flair and he's trying to beat a man. I think he thinks about it too much, almost, uh, and and ends up putting himself into a bit of a a state and and not being able to beat the player and losing the ball too easily. With his age, if he gets that right, he's, he's, again, he he could easily come up to the same level as Jota, you know, especially with his contributions throughout the season this year. If that's kind of what we're, waiting on like if th- this is the first season of Abada and we think he's going to get better then that's that's great that's great for us
2: yeah I, I think that's a big part of it when he's approaching guys taking them on and I was listening to a Spears' interview with McGeady here today just from back in September I think it was and one of the comments was that Strachan found McGeady arrogant and I think McGeady as a, as a player was that overconfident and all that kind of stuff so Strachan flung him the 23s to teach him a lesson it's like I want my wingers and my strikers to have a bit of arrogance. I don't mean bad attitude and not a team player and all that stuff, but to believe that every time they approach the goal or a man, they can get
0: past them. And I think if Barra bad, bad takes on a wee bit of that, I think it'll go a long way. I'm currently rewatching watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan slash Chicago Bulls documentary. And if you don't have that bit of badness, that bit of arrogance, that bit of self-belief, you will be limited in terms of how far you can go. And it applies to a number of sports, but football, and particularly the winger position. Yeah, You need to believe in yourself.
1: Absolutely. And it's very telling that um Abada seems quite quite a introverted type of character. That's just the impression I get. I may be wrong, but that that's how he seems to be. But um remember back to that Michelin game actually. Um I can remember it was a really warm night and Celtic actually gave out bottles of water? Mm. <laughs> quite, quite topical somebody did a flashback to that. do you remember these days and it was those wee kind of square
2: cartons of
1: spring yeah. water had That's they sh- not me, somebody could have died well it's quite topical <laughs> but I think we should move on for that absolutely Yeah. <laughs> <An laughs> attempted murder
0: <laughs> UFO with blood in their hands uh, credit to all four guys on the list there Tony Ralston Leah Labada Matt O'Reilly and the winner as decided by this illustrious panel uh, Jota um, moving on so the next section goal of the season um Again, you know, I've handpicked five here. It may be that you guys, you know, pick up on a goal that I've not highlighted. There's a number of of excellent strikes across the season. But I'll run through the five and and then feel free to discuss any that I've not included, including these ones. Uh, First up, Callum McGregor's volley away to Michelin. So just at the end of July, uh, Champions League qualifier. Obviously, we, we failed to go through, but a goal worthy of winning any game. Second, uh, I've put Kyogo's goal following that pass from Jota on match day three of the Europa League group stages. So that was against Ferenc Varos, 19th of October. Half three kickoff, James. What was that all about? Third goal, old snake caps, Tom Rogers versus Dundee United at Tandys, 5th of December, Scottish Premiership. I think it won the, the league goal of the season, didn't it, Paddy? if I'm right in saying that. Uh, next up, Rio Hatati's Thunderbolt against Hearts at Tynecastle, 26th of January, Scottish Premiership. We eventually won 2-1 after Liam Boyce hit the post. Remember that? Yeah, 2-1. Yeah, missed a penalty. My goodness, I, that's what I meant. Sorry, I hit the post with apparently. Woof. Uh, and the last goal that I've suggested is Kyogo's winner v. Hibbs in the League Cup final. So obviously he's got both goals on the day, but this is his second goal where he lifts over the keeper after a quick free kick from Tom Roderich. Miff, any of those standing out for you? Anything I've missed? <sighs>
1: I'd say all of them do For me They're all very memorable goals Um, McGregor's unfortunately What was ultimately a losing cause Was getting put out Um, The the goal by Furahashi in the cup final I think Is elevated because of The importance of it In that actual moment It being a one-off cup final And that quick thinking Actually winning as a cup Which Led to the additional momentum that that propelled us towards the title So um, for for me it would probably be that uh, Because of the stakes on that particular occasion However the goal that I would also add into it Just for me, just purely for aesthetics Was Koolgaard's goal against Haps the Volley I absolutely loved that Loved that volley, the the ball for Alston Uh, Oh beautiful Loved loved that goal (laughs) just recently oh i yeah, eh? was it's it Motherland you're home time club no less. love a place here um, yes yes yeah. it, would, it would be that I, I thought that was an excellent goal because again Ralston, Ralson's pass and, and, and just the, the, the finish is probably, uh, also the Ferdinand Farrow score I mean that, that is probably the most watched goal I'd say of the season I think everybody yeah. went back and watched that about a million times the pass the touch the finish magic Cause you, you got home and the six o'clock news was just finished. You had the
0: the whole night to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was fine. Paddy Bob, yourself, any, uh, any that really stand out for you?
3: I think going with what it meant, I'd say um, I'd bring the Abada goal in against the United. Um, Mm. I think that's a a huge goal for us. Just in the, you know, how tense that day was with the, the chance just to extend the lead. And we took it, you know, and it was just obviously last minute goal the scenes at celtic park i think we all kind of knew at that point this is it we're going to push on for here having said that all the emotions to the side. i just think mcgregor's goal you you don't see that every day that that's in a, a champions league final or europa league final that gets spoke about for years upon years as a esque
1: you don't see it every day certainly no for him because he's no done it since aye exactly exactly But he what? shouldn't get progressively worse <laughs> <this season laughs> back and back I he, he saved his best for first uh, early on in the season
0: uh, It's an amazing streak Paddy I mean would that be The standout one for you Just, just oh, pure execution As a, as a quality goal and That's the one Great finish Yes Fair enough James where do you stand? I, I
2: take Paddy's point on Again it's more categories for me It's the goals that won you the title oh, Hold on a minute The goals that won you the title Versus Aesthetically What was a beautiful goal So these are beautiful goals But I agree And if you're going A badder against United Then Ralston against Ross County For the goals that won you the title. So many
1: shot against Aberdeen. So many big moments.
2: Huge. You know, the ones that really, you know, turned it. Hatati's first goal in the 3-0 against them, you know, that that kind of
0: stuff. So, we're not talking about that though. (laughs) No, 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 of course. (laughs) If
2: we
1: did have these categories, that's (laughs) what we would be talking about. But but we're
0: not. When I said the goal of the season, lads, I should have been more specific. (laughs) Goal of the season aesthetically and the next one, goal of the season uh, importance important Yeah. I don't have it broken down again. One for next year. So just in terms of goal of the season, interpret it however you want. What is your goal of the season?
2: I would add in a, an outlier an outsider. Um, for me, it was O'Reilly against uh, St. Johnson. Yeah, you know, because it was just we've been working on this Ange Ball thing all season, and then you'd a forty-five pass goal and a peach of a goal with a guide signed to take you through the, the the last few months of the season. You know, so that that for me. Was a beautiful goal, and was you know encapsulating what you set out to do. A forty-five pass goal, and
3: sports scene showed six of them. We <laughs> like, <"Will you> see <laughs> you. <Wow."> <laughs> <laughs> hey, just
1: put down Kyogo's cool lob for the
0: winner. <laughs> I, I was going to say so out of goals uh, one to five that I've listed, you've gone for mystery option six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's if nice. I was if I
2: was uh, pushed to pick one of those as
0: the, the most. Uh, aesthetically
2: pleasing mm. it would be uh, Kyogo from Jota's pass because uh, it was one that was just he's watched it over and over you
1: know is that what you went with? Uh, uh, no I, I went with Kugo's lob but in the interest of picking a winner <laughs> and the fact that the three years have picked three different goals then I'm, I'm happy to and, defer to that uh, in the interest of not
0: just getting round <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not but, agreeing what about you Tino? Well, that's a good one, Paddy. Do uh, I, I, you know, that's good, I <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I just, as Mav said, I loved that Ferenc Farris one. You know, was lucky enough to be there and watch it in real time. And I've watched it dozens of times since, just everything about it. It's the kind of, there is a slow motion version you can watch. It kind of seemed to happen in slow motion at the time anyway. Mm. Uh, just the, the cut that uh, Jot has put in the pass. And as first, uh, sorry, Kyogo's first touch is sublime and the second one just to have the savvy because other guys go, right, I'm in on goal now, I just need to concentrate on and hitting and target. Cool as you like, he's seen that the goalie's been a guard to one side. It's an amazing goal and if we didn't know at that point how good those two were going to be, then that definitely confirmed it. So, I I'll just have the final say though, <laughs> then on that one and we'll go for <laughs> uh, for that goal for Kyogo against Ferencvaros. So it was match day three, Europa League group stages against Ferencvaros on the 19th of October. What we'll do, lads, before we move on to hear the, the moments of the season, and I think that'll be quite a fun section to cover, I just want to take a minute to read out a couple of heartfelt comments left by some of our listeners following last week's episode. These were left in the YouTube comments section and very genuinely mean a lot to us here at the show. So the first comment I'd like to highlight is from Spread the Love 77 whoever that may be, who said, Don't us underestimate how you and other pods have helped plenty of fellow fans through tough times in life. It's pretty tough out there just now with mental health issues, post COVID, cost of living, etc. However, we always have plenty to enjoy when it comes to our club and you boys are a big part of that. And that's just, it's a great comment to read. And I would say actually we as, you know, as guys in terms of what we do, we feel in a a, a similar position. But if you and I have chatted, you know, maybe before Paddy got involved and before Jamie was as frequently involved, about how it's kind of, it was a great thing for us during a, a strange time in life as well. You know, there was a lot going on, you know, in the world over the last couple of years and it's really quite touching to hear that you know, you know, somebody somewhere is liking what we're doing and it's helping them through tough times
1: Well, just as as an individual point, I mean, I I said last week, why on earth they would want to listen to me talk about anything um, is is beyond me, but the fact that that so many people do listen is is, you know is something that um, something that we're proud of and and, and rightly so Uh, but it started from from scratch and it started at a time it's easy to forget now because normality's more or less returned. Um at a time when there was a fairly hefty tier four lockdown on in Scotland at the time. I'm pretty much coming in here was the only time I was I was really getting out of the house. Um so obviously I love spending time with my wife and kids, but um <laughs> good good say <save laughs> <mate>. be careful, maybe careful. maybe be careful what I say here. Um coming in and doing it what was a release and at that time things weren't exactly rosy we won the quadruple treble but then it was very apparent at that time the season was going to pot, things weren't right then we had the joy of covering the Dubai debacle and all the things that came with that and it just seemed to go from bad to worse um, and then we had the joy of coming in here recording the day Rangers sealed the title and I was going by Union Jackson and as I was coming in to record. That was delightful and I really thank Tino for that as well. <laughs> so, um, look, those times, those times were were difficult but also they were, they were a shared experience and, and, and that's how it feels. It feels like, you know, you, you can gain that, a listenership through just us being all, all we are and that is genuine, passionate Celtic fans and hopefully that comes across to the guys when the, when the listen to us. And, when you get comment, comments like that, it does it, it gives you a wee bit of perspective because it makes you realise that when, when we're putting our stuff out there, you know, people are people are listening, people are enjoying it. And it doesn't make it makes you feel well, it was worthwhile, it was worthwhile doing, you know. And that that particular time was difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people felt isolated. So if you know, if even one or two people have have tuned in and felt that like they've had somebody in the room for an hour then happy days
0: yeah 100% so thanks again to spread the love 77 for that comment the second comment I'd like to read out is from someone who's become you know a a genuine friend of the show in recent times Jim Hunter Uh, we look forward to reading Jim's comments each and every week he's been watching Celtic since the Lisbon Lions era uh, and he commented last week Tino Miff James and Paddy another great show what you guys do is so important to someone like me when I was home I lived and breathed breathed Celtic it was my life and I love doing what you guys do. The only difference was we used to do it in the Dolphin Bar in Partick. So now that I live in Milton Keynes, I don't have any Celtic mates to meet up with and I miss the crack in watching my beloved Celtic. What you guys do is so great for me and I love the shows. Paddy, I know you you see these comments a lot and it is Jim's brilliant in terms of, you know, the feedback that he provides. And it's just a, another great
3: comment to read. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think I kind of go with what i have saying. It's that... It's nice to hear that people are taking the time just to sit and listen to us ramble on. But I, I mean, there's a genuine love from us doing it. It's We're getting to sit and talk about our team. It's a huge passion in our lives. And it's great that we are sparking the debate, I'd say. It's really nice to see some of the comments and when questions are asked, it's really good that we can kind of pick up on that and kind of see where we are coming from. But when you're getting comments of what it means to what it means to people and what it means to you know their, their their weekly like exercises, their weekly their weekly pastimes. It's it means a lot for us. It really does. And, and I say this like we are lucky to do what we do because it's it's hard work from all of us. Absolutely, we we, we put a lot of time and effort into it. We really, you know, we, we make the sacrifices to make sure that this thing works but it's because we know we've got the support there and that's why we want to do it. And so it's a massive thank you for everyone that does listen to us and those that do uh, ask us all the questions on the likes of Twitter or any social media format or, or, or YouTube. Keep them coming because we love we love talking back to you guys. It's great and, and you know, it brings up more more debate for us, stuff that we can bring on to the show and just continue to keep it going. And uh, we love every minute. So thank you so much, guys. Brilliant.
0: James, it's great to see that support from, you know, Jim and others in the comments, isn't it?
3: yeah it
2: really is and you know if, if we're if we can give anything to the guys who are you know i've lived away from glasgow and you know it was before podcasts and there was any you know a, a real sense of the internet and stuff so it was teletext and things like that senior member so, of the show has so, spoken i watched i watched a game in teletext once it was absolute torture <laughs> um so you know for, for uh, jim to be to like kind of pick things like us up down in Milton Keynes and, and so on, that, that's great. And it's like, as Paddy said, it's, it's the debate stuff that I, I really enjoy. So, you know, when we get some comments on their Twitter and on, on the YouTube comment section, because that sparks that wee bit of debate. And, you know, in Mackinac around I, crowd, we, we always kind of went to Sharky's, it was our post-match, you know, and it was called the Sharky's Debating Chamber, because it's a great pub for just getting in and getting a, a good blether. So fans can get a, a version of that, a digital version of that. And if we can help
0: spark that, all the better. Yeah, great stuff. So Jim, you said you might not have many Celtic mates in Milton Keynes, but you've definitely got plenty here at the Celtic Exchange and we'll look forward to catching up next time you're here in Glasgow. So moving on, we're going to look now at the the moment of the season. This is different from the first two categories. What I'll do is ask you lads just to tell me your own individual, your personal choice for, for moment of the season. As I'd mentioned, the only rule here is that it can't be a goal, so it's, you know, it's a happening, it's a something. I'll give you some examples here. Maybe some of the examples are the, the answer you would give or maybe it's something completely different. So the examples I would suggest is perhaps Jota jumping into the crowd at Celtic Park after that late A a, bad, a winner against Dundee United. You'll know the really striking image, kind of king of Glasgow, and he's just absolutely living it up with the fans, which is great. Um, Ange telling the players that we never stop way back in one of his first training sessions in July. That's obviously now become such a headline. It's, it's a strap line for the season ticket campaign and it's synonymous with this Ange team. Kyogo jumping into Angie's arms on the final whistle in the League Cup final V-Hibs, you know, like a, an eight-year-old jumping into his, his proud father's arms. That was a, a real highlight. Or simply Callum McGregor lifting the trophy last week on the final day of the season. James, I'll come to you first. Any of those moments? or is there anything different that stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, they're all crackers. If I hadn't
2: had an idea of any, the, the Ange one is probably the one that really jumps out because, you know, we were talking there last week, I said, Check out episode twenty-four when Angie was coming and was announcing, you know, where we kind of were enough caveats to get ourselves through it. Kind of thing, but we didn't really know who he was. Um and about, you know, a few days after you said there's there's something here, and then Celtic released that mic top and you went, Oh, wait a minute. This is this could be something really special, this guy's got something. That that really jumped out for me is when we, you know, started to really stand set up and pay attention to who Ange was and, and what he could do for us. So that, that that's one the two I would pick not on that for put them in for debate would be um John Dal Thomason. <laughs> You're all clever boys. You're all clever lads.
1: You're all clever lads, yeah. yeah. He's uh You think, think you understand don't need the money, no? Yeah.
2: I think you understand. I think that's a good answer. Um just to say what others wouldn't so you know I kinda a, a, a brave man in the in the bear pit, if you like. Uh, and I suppose in a, a similar vein was Carl McGregor, Jason Barrison, called my shite bag. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it was it was hilarious, but it was also saying, We're in charge now, you know, that the, the pendulum has swung. You know, it was a real and it was a three nil tanking game. So that was really important for me that our captain was chasing their very experienced creation left back back to
1: his his position, you know. With a f- fractured jaw. I know, yeah, yeah. But again, you can only imagine. McGregor took the season before. As no, things were apart. He took it really personally. You know, yeah. and you could see in that interview at Tanadice that, that it affected him and that he was down. And um I think there'd have been a lot of he knew they were on top of that game. They just that that night was just absolutely that that's up there but oh, yeah. I mean for for personal reasons, because it was Weeman's first Lovely. Celtic Rangers game as well. But um as soon as you walked in, you just knew it was that it was different, it was just different. <laughs> it was completely, different. and you get that feeling sometimes when you go in, that was one of those nights, just unreal. Yeah, I mean, probably Atomath then, do you want to cover your moment on moments of the season? Um, I a, a very personal one would be meeting Dan and the team down in Newport when we did it at the start of the season, the boys got, you know, players and the staff were all really generous with their time, that was, um, for my own personal reasons, probably my highlight, even though at that point we really didn't know what we were, we were getting into. Yeah. Um, The the Barisic shite bag moments Is very much up there Um, But for me McGregor lifting the trophy And and as much for Us as fans and the team For him uh, Because he he stayed and fought And was willing and and he done what he said He would do what champions do Pick themselves back up and go again And by God did they go
0: again he, he's one of few invincible treble winners left now, so obviously Tom Rodic has, has made the call on his Celtic career and I think who would be a left party Jamesy James. yeah. McGregor yeah. and James Forrest. You've seen the picture, you know they're all sitting in the trophies and they've yeah. all been grayed out over time and it's just McGregor and Forrest left. Technically Ralston.
1: he in the squad he was in the squad but I d I don't think he featured much but he was in the squad. Ralston and Steve For, for the first season there under under Roger's eye. He was he was about but aye. he didn't he, didn't feature but aye he, he was he was in his suit after the, the game. I believe. Okay. Uh, Paddy, yourself, your moments or moment
3: of the season? I think the big one for me, um, and I'm not saying negative here. Oh, right? my goodness. I'm not, I'm not. I think it's big for us. Uh, the Bodo-Glimp games. I think they're going to be huge for us. Right. I, I really do. I think that that's, um, I'm not saying Bodo-Glimp did a benchmark, but it was a right eye-opener to, again, where we should be as a club. And I think that what we've done this season We've heard this manager talk about this is stage one, you know this is the the the, the very beginning of it all. And I, I said last week, you know, Europe's a funny, funny competition. Now, no matter what tournament you're in, um, this you, you look at the Europa Conference League final, arguably two stronger teams than the two teams in the Europa League final. Um, I'd say they are, um, and I just think that the Champions League final, yeah, granted, is two big powerhouses of Europe. But it's a Real Madrid side that, you know, is starting to kind of try and rebuild and it's still managed to, to dig its way through there. I think we are dominating domestically. We've seen what's happened in the last, what, I think it's the last like 16 odd years or, or out of the last...
0: 16 out of this uh, millennia, I think, since the turn of the century. The Turn a... of the century? Aye, aye, aye. aye. No, 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 no. I just felt a wee bit dramatic <laughs> <laughs>
3: this
0: guy was going on the what was he talking about uh, um, I, but yeah I think 16 out of the 20 16 to 22. Yeah, uh, something uh,
3: like that And what I'm, I'm kind of going on to there is, is that the league's the domestic trophies they're definitely there for us as a team to be winning and we should be winning them every season I'm not saying a treble is, is easy but we should be there or thereabouts mm-hmm but it's time for us to try and kick on in Europe. And I think that th- those two games for me were pivotal in the sense that we know now as a club, right, well, this is where we should be aiming for. We should be aiming to to do a lot more in these competitions and not take an eye off the ball and what's happening in the league. And like I said at the, be- at the beginning of last season, and I've said throughout this season, the board have a lot to answer for, for the position that we left ourselves in last year. But I do generally think that the work has started for us to, to progress, I really do.
0: You can see that and it, and it sounds, obviously we've talked about the appointment of Mark Lawwell as well. And you just get the vibe that Ange is planning for the season ahead started a long time ago. He seems to have that good relationship with the aforementioned Michael Nicholson. And I think there's no doubt about it. You know, the building blocks have been in place for a long time. And I think I think it's a really interesting answer you give Paddy about Bodo glumped And I think it's a great answer because I think also at that time, Ange may have turned around to Michael and others on the board and said, If you want to do this stuff as well, we need more. You know, you can't just compete domestically with this squad we've got. Good as it has been and, you know, impressive as it has been and and all the new signings, you need more to compete in Europe. And the way it works, you know, we we see it season in, season out now. You're, well, if you're Europa League, you're Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday for a long time and it's intense. You've obviously got all these qualifiers, usually, at the start of the season. Now we're in a quite a unique position where we've got this full, you know, summary plan and and build and, and bring a new team together. And I think there's no doubt about it. I think Ange will have sown that seed with the board at an early stage and now we can look to plan for the future. So it's a a really important point about the Bordeaux game. Um, So just to summarise, so Paddy, interesting answer. Bordeaux glimpse was the the moment of the season. A a negative, you've turned into a positive, very clever. Thank you. Pitbull style. (laughs) Uh, Miff, you've gone for Calmac lifting the trophy and the, (laughs) the image that that must bring. And James, you've gone for the we don't stop, which... Basically, became synonymous with Ange and this whole Celtic team. So, really good answers for different reasons. Um, go on. Is that Mr. Worldwide's first uh, mention <laughs> in the podcast? Mr. Worldwide, <laughs> surely not. Well, fireball. Pad, paddy's coding him for Fireball. <laughs> Aye, so, uh, Mr. Worldwide's had a couple of mentions throughout this season.
1: Or, as is, uh, is Dino calls him, Mr. Universal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, finally, we come to the big one, uh, the one we've all been waiting for, and no doubt the first team squad are listening and nervously as we make our final decisions on who is to be crowned the Celtic Exchanges Player of the Year for the 2021-22 season. Uh, Muff, please note that we've got absolutely no expense to buy trophies for these awards, and it's all about pride and prestige. It's really a, a money money Cash can't place. buy kind a of trophy for these guys. Yep. yep. So we'll look at the nominees. Again, Your lads might want to add your... Curveballs, and, and I've no doubt you will, particularly you, math. but... No, I think... Whatever. I, I don't
1: really like the fact that that's getting levied at me when James has created subsections. <laughs> I've, read, I've read a lot so far. No, I think that's great. a bit of We really should have had a briefing meeting ahead of this, <laughs>
0: this episode. Uh, anyway, the, the four nominees that I have suggested, uh, rightly or wrongly. So, Captain Carla McGregor, absolutely. So, he kind of leads the way. Kyogo Furahashi, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Joe Hart. And Joe Hart's an interesting one because often... Well, I was going to say keepers don't win awards unless you're Craig Gordon which you can maybe (laughs) look at the the politics behind why he might have got that award but I'll come to you first James because I think you and I have spoken at length about it Joe Hart has played such an important part in this season for Celtic So who's the four? Callum McGregor Kyogo Callum Vickers, and Joe Hart I've got a (laughs) subcategory Goodness
2: (laughs) Uh, For me head and shoulders player of yours Callum McGregor won't be touched in in that regard but the most improved position from wh- what you had to what you ended up with. Hold on a minute. Most improved <laughs> position from what you had to what 2. you ended up 0. with is? <laughs> so if you look at everything we did this season and if you put Barcast and goals for all those games, do you win the league? Do you win the League Cup? Do you do anything in Europe? Absolutely not. So why is Joel Hart not play the year? Because Cal McGregor's there. But is the, the position is most improved from
1: Barcast to Hart? Is, is such such a gap in quality there. I think the, the Mitchell game showed for me you know we all wanted the Barcast thing to work but unfortunately for a goalkeeper they didn't use their limbs to keep the ball at the net and mm-hmm. Barcast wasn't really up for that not, which is a shame not, not mad on the hand usage which which is a shame but that was the very low bar that Joe Hart was coming into so as long as he was broadly competent he was going to be fine Bain didn't cover himself and go to Tencastle don't know went a wander pick up a coin and the 18 yarder it, for him, um, the free kick in the last minute being you know he's been kind of reliable but that showed that he wasn't going to be a long term keeper I think Hart coming in whilst it was a low bar to start from he has made big saves at big times he's maybe only made a couple of things you would call errors some of the play out for the back has been a bit dicey at times and it's had you on the edge of your seat but I think in general, I mean, I, I would say Hart's play at the back is certainly nowhere near as dicey as Craig Gordon's. I can remember, I can remember a few games. Gordon
2: can never play that oh, you know, that
1: lob over the oh, guy's head. I can remember thing. a few still times. Still a few times with Gordon, but um, no, for me, I, I would I would say Joe Hart because I think he is the absolute foundation. It's all been built on. You can go, you can argue the same about Carter Vickers, absolutely and, and rightly so. But for me, for the points that James has made, Hart. Without Hart, none of it happens. Absolutely none of it happens.
0: Yeah, Paddy, i will come to you on that one because goalies union and all that stuff, it's a position you're experienced And Joe Hart, so in terms of his numbers, right, he played 54 games for Celtic this season, keeping 26 clean sheets. Looking more specifically, it was 19 clean sheets of 35 league games. And that in itself, just as a number, has played such a huge part. But it's for Joe Hart, it's more than just the saves, isn't it? It's the leadership that he's brought to that dressing room. And he's the de facto vice-captain, whether he's officially vice-captain or not, we don't know, but he is the second in command to Callum McGregor and he leads that dressing room and he does it so well.
3: Yeah, he's a he's a big personality um, and probably brought in there for that reason. Um, and also just his professionalism. Um, he's played at a very, very high level throughout his full career. He's a very confident guy um, and you could tell that the confidence was shot when he's he's getting loaned out left, right and centre. Um, and unfortunately, he's just came across managers that want to play football in a different way. We speak about this day and age that all goalkeepers need to be be good with their feet. That's when you're playing a certain style of play. We do have to play that. And I actually think within the league, he's he's done okay. He's done okay. Yeah, a few heart, heart and mouth moments, excuse the pun. Um, but the, the the end of it all, I think he's he's been comfortable enough and he's quicker. Probably the most of our, our back four, and and sometimes it's it's annoyed the life out me, it's frustrated the life out me when he tries to distribute it far too quickly. But there's a reason for that because the quicker it gets away from our goal, the quicker it gets up there, and they're not ready. If we are, that's a chance, that's a goal, and that gets taught when you're playing at the highest level, and it's it kind of goes under the philosophy of just never stopping yeah. and just setting out as well. So. I think that the the longer he's doing that, I think that the likes are, you, you can kind of see it in Car- Carter Vickers and um, and Starfelt that they're a lot quicker now off the mark. Watching what Joe Hart wants to do, and I think once the full backs are probably upgraded, sorry Greg Taylor, but they're upgraded and the, the likes of Juranovic is, is is there as well. That gets quicker too, and you know you're playing out for the back a lot more quicker than we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why he does that. I see. I can see why he plays that. It's something I've I've, I've spoken about before as well. He's he's very very clever with his distribution when it comes to playing it long as well. Um, so a great player. Those errors that we've kind of touched on, they are very very few and far between. So I'm uh, very happy with him. I think as well to your point, Paddy, it's just
0: so clear how much Joe Hart has bought into the Ange thing, and he's he's used the term himself. You know something like teaching an old dog new tricks or something like that in recent weeks. What is he, 35? Something like that. I think so, yeah. 75 caps for England. So a guy like that could be mistaken for coming in and saying, I get what you're saying, Mr Postacoglu, but I know what I'm doing back there. But he's not done that. He's fully embraced this this new style of playing and he's getting the rewards for it. He's picking up trophies that he maybe never thought he would do at this stage in his career. There's an example of it, and I touched on it at the time, but when Celtic have drawn one each against Rangers at Celtic Park there in the... The last derby of the season to effectively win the league. There was that Ryan Kent chance early in the first half where he's come in the blind side of Tony Ralston and he's kind of nudged the volley past the post. He should have done better. Uh, you know, Abadas has obviously shown him how to do it and Jotter later in the same game. Anyway, Kent's missed that chance. And I mentioned at the time that Carter Vickers turned round to give Tony Ralston a rollicking. And Tony Ralston wasn't even thinking about hanging about for that. He had already broken out to the right hand side. Hart had already put down the ball for the by kick. And we were already away and Carter Vickers had to go, oh aye, that's right, that's what we do. Aye, we're playing football. And it was so quick and it was just, it was something that only happens through repetition and training and reinforcing it but believing in it as well and I think that's the case, Muff, Joe Hart has fully bought into it and he believes in what he's doing.
1: But it's a regular feature of the season to see him very quickly distribute the ball off of, you know, the ball boys are obviously told as soon as that bog is out, we might get it up and he's uh, throwing the ball out, dovering out quite out to the wing and like Paddy said, before you know it, we're at the halfway line. Building another attack, um it just stops you being hemmed in, moving the ball quickly. You know, coach a kid's team myself, you try to get them to do that, be decisive, get the ball out quick, get away for your own goal. Um Heart is the it surprised me because I was a uh, I was probably a bit pessimistic when we signed him because I thought he's on the downward spiral and yes it could work for an experience point of view but I just thought his body I just thought he wasn't able to get about as quickly but he's really surprised me with that um, but I think that's because the whatever Joe Hart was struggling from I think it was in most part mental rather than physical because I think he just felt like he'd been discarded by a couple of teams along the way, confidence dented and he's just found a home in Celtic, we've spoken about this several times in the podcast where players just fit teams or teams just fit players, whatever way you want to look at it. And I think it's just been the perfect union in Joe Hart and Celtic because he's come in, he's felt loved, he's felt needed, he's felt wanted, but also he's kind of almost went in quite near the top of the hierarchy as well because he's experienced, he's su- clearly supported McGregor and Ange and that's allowed everything else to knit together, especially when there's been a high turnover in players coming in. So I think that was really, really important. And, and again, that that's one, one of the other reasons why I feel that... Um, Joe Hart is, is player of the year uh, not only just the importance of his position and how well he's performed in that position but also that other role that he's fulfilled in supporting the, um, the captain and the manager yeah
0: interesting that you guys seem to have kind of landed on that you kind of unanimous support for Joe Hart and it's very hard to McGregor's my player of the year to argue you've gone McGregor then
3: yeah. but Hart the right mid for uh, Bodo Glimp for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm you realised under it,
3: no. I, I I would say McGregor as well, McGregor. Yeah,
0: but if I tell you what, I'd like to spend a wee bit of time on number two in the list, Kyogo Furuhashi, and it may be a nice time for you to show the people your beautiful t-shirt. So hopefully you can see You're it. I like- see it on YouTube. Don't know if you guys can see it um, clearly enough, but. <laughs> danger, danger, high voltage, which is Miff's pseudonym. Um, it's from Rabbit Ninety Eight, so if you want to check those guys out, you'll find them on Twitter and various other places. So just a real kind of stylish depiction of Starman Kyogo Furahashi Muff, how's he done for you across this season?
1: He's phenomenal. And the only reason I've not picked him be- because he was missing for a big chunk. Um, that's that's the only reason. He's our best player in my opinion. Uh frightening talent, an amazing spot with the manager, and. Just so grateful he's ours. That's all I can really say. Um, scores loads of different types of goals. It's fast. He has speed of thought as well, probably a bit too quick for for some of our players currently. And I think that's that touches upon the point you guys are making in terms of that continuous improvement, improving the squad. Um, we're saying goodbye Rogic and Beaton in, in the the hope that we're actually got to bring in better than that. When you know in past seasons we would have probably settled for them being being part of our squad. That seems to be the message that we're getting, and for Ahashi, for me, is just the absolute epitome of of an Ange team. Always in the move, always looking for the ball, always dangerous, and the moments of quality he's shown this season have been absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. There's nothing better when you're trying to get your kids into, you know, football, supporting Celtic, and uh, they they get a hero, and it's go this, go that, go in the back of the top, all that all that sort of stuff. Um, he He's that guy He's that That, that kind of um, Focal point You know So uh, It's it's just been An absolute pleasure Watching him And I, I hope He's here for a long time Because I I think If he is We're looking at That sort of Generational talent That, that people talk about In 10, 15, 20 years time
0: Yeah James, he's something Pretty special, isn't he? He really is And you
2: know The talent is obviously The, the thing that Catches your eye But his enthusiasm You know And it lifts his teammates, it lifts the the supporters. You know, you saw him when he was when he wasn't playing. He was still there and he was jigging them on and all that stuff. So he's you know, he's he's bought it into what Ange is doing. Um, Ange pointed out quite you know, quite early on, he said, you know, he's he takes an ox, but he's a real warrior, he's a competitor, so he, he enjoys the tussle. So it's not like he's a, a flair player. Who is just going to drift out If you give him a couple of kicks He'll, he'll come back every single time and he's shown that You know, bad injury He'll, he'll just keep going and going um, He has that talisman That we've been missing for a long, long time It's interesting that we haven't had a full season of him We haven't had a full season of Jackie Marcus. And if there's some way to play ball, With are two up top I would love to see it Because if you've got a Larson Sutton Larson Hartson type You know, dynamic going on those two guys can fit into it, it's just a matter of how does that affect the rest of the squad, but love the wee guy and love Jack Amakis
0: it's very hard for me to pick between them, to be honest with you. Paddy, you're in the same space, I believe you've, you've been quite keen to have that debate because Jack Marcus is just, he's really kind of caught your imagination with the second half of the season that he's had.
3: He's He's been so strong for us um, I mean, we go back to the penalty miss at the beginning, uh, well, September of last season and I think everyone was a bit, you know, a bit like they were doubting him from that, that, that miss. But we're all thinking, well, he's finished top goal scorer in the area division, but it's all been on the basis of playing with a team that get relegated. And a lot of his goals actually being penalties, firmly enough. Um, and a lot of his goals being um, tap-ins and stuff. But that's a, that's a poacher. That's a good striker. And when you watch everything he's done this season, every goal he's scored he's he's won so many goals himself just the positions he puts himself into he's 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 not scared about getting clattered and like kind of what you say as well nor the wee man the wee man takes it and gives out a, a good amount as well thanks Baddy. uh no, no worries mate no worries <laughs> <laughs> but i just think um as, as we've said before what a dilemma to have for next season but we're, we are going to need the two of them whether they start Together or whether it's a, a rotation throughout the season, that will happen because you can see that that's what he wants to do and he likes freshening it up as, as as much as possible. Um, and I just think that if the service gets better from the wings, even and through the middle of the park, if it gets stronger and we get quicker, I think the two will run, run right next season. I really do. Mm.
1: And uh, just, to, just to touch on the point, I think if you add in, you know, if you've got Hart, you've got Carter Vickers, you could even put Jot in there as well. Um, and you've got Furahashi. Jacomakis' contribution is so notable. there's so many players you could have actually had in that list. Yeah. Um the Jacy thing, you mentioned something there, Paddy, which always amuses me is the the tap in seems to be a much derided form of form of a goal. However, um the stats prove hundred percent of the time that if that player isn't there, the is not gone. Uh, she's goal against you, know, hearts. you have to you have to Aye, be so strong. You have to be there to tap the ball in the net. If you're not there, it's not a goal, you know. So I I just don't, I don't understand that school of thought. You need a player that's active in the box, plays between the posts to put the ball in the net. Yeah. And Jacky Amakis just seems so willing to make those runs, those forceful runs across the front post to the back post to get on the end of stuff. It's just that you just need that for a striker. Yeah, and I think
0: it was good enough for Filippo and Zaghi You know, guys like that and these guys played such a huge part for their team because you need that focal point that guy who's going to live between the posts and by that I mean don't run the channels don't go out wide and take it down at the byline and, and all that kind of stuff you've seen a notable change I don't know what game it would happen that but we, you know we spoke about D, it Maybe United I think it was at home Yeah, where basically it seemed that Ange had said to him don't get so involved outside the box you know do, just do your layoffs and spin and get in there for the, the second balls and he was just so you know his reactions were phenomenal and all he wanted to do was live in that kind of distance between the posts and just stick things away. We've, we've covered it and we've covered it and covered it in terms of these first touch finishes. He's ended up getting 17 goals across the board this season for a guy who struggled in and out through injury and has, has a, a player like, you know, Kyogo Furahashi to contend with in terms of game time. He managed to finish joint top scorer of the, the Scottish Premier League and I think that's just real credit to the guy for doing so.
1: Absolutely, but I think a more important point as you could see the Rangers players absolutely hated him. And that's key because I think for so long they never had a physical presence up top against them and all of a sudden there's this big guy just throwing himself about and winning cheap fouls, you know, getting the team up the park. Whereas before we were a an nice and icy team. Unfortunately, last season, the start of this season, your daddy trying to flex around the corner, no going anywhere and stuff like that. Um, I think Marcus presents a different type of threat and one we've not had for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Musa would be the last yeah, one, yeah. I would say. Uh, and it's great to have that It's really important to have that And that is why In, in many ways It's due to him We've won the league Because he has come in of course. Stepped up at exactly The right time And scored those Pivotal, pivotal goals That have, that have led us to the time.
3: Did you hear his comments The other day He was basically asked about Well how do you feel About finishing Joint top goal scorer, And he said I wish there was an extra 10 minutes in that game When I come on and he says Because I don't like sharing yeah. <laughs> See that attitude we need that that, that would be bit
0: of badness. You've got to be selfish, you've got to be greedy, and that's the thing, his his game time was limited. Even you know, looking at that game as an example, Kyogo got what, sixty-two minutes before Jack comes in. Any other team he plays ninety minutes for. And he scored
1: a very, very important goal on Wednesday night. Yeah. You know, but yeah. there doesn't seem to be any sort of you know, again, that's the other thing about the environment the manager's created is clearly everybody knows they're going to get called upon at some point. You just need to be ready. Yeah. So obviously, um,
0: we had a shortlist and we've almost completely ignored <laughs> the, 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 the team. Um, <laughs> but one of the guys mentioned out the four, uh, which became about seven or eight was Cameron yeah. Carter Vickers. So obviously all the chat doing the rounds just now is that, you know, him and Jota, it's looking promising for them both signing Celtic wished them all the best. They got a call up for the the US national team, which is great to see. And it's good that players know they can come to Celtic and get that recognition. That's that's really important from a club point of view. Um, But the fact that Celtic, I think they tweeted and wished them all the best. You don't wish all the best to your ex-players. You know, there's something in that. So the they worst happy. I, happy, I, they they happy birthday to a lot of them last year. <laughs> that's done, Paddy, that's done. We, we've moved on from those times for so Me much sure. better. Um, but where are you at on Carter Vickers? You know, a lot of folk had him down as, as their player of the season because it, it, and it's, it's in the same vein of thought as the Joe Hart scenario. If you don't have Carter Vickers providing that presence and closing the door at the back, you don't go on in one league titles.
1: No, I'd agree with that. And Again, I think players fit teams what he's asked to do and the way he's asked to do it the fact that we dominate the game and he can cover so it's his game he's fast he's strong Um he likes he obviously likes that physical challenge that he gets up here probably down in in England it's maybe a wee bit a bit different he's left maybe trying to play a bit too much football whereas we we get the ball into the midfield pretty quickly and leave that to you know McGregor drops in and tries to dictate the play you can see when Carter Vickers gets the ball he's either putting out or putting it into McGregor and he doesn't really need to worry about it too much Um He's been excellent, and I think that that's the key, really. Um, those two positions, the two centre half positions, or called the goalkeeper position as well, did not change much through the whole season, um, for very good reason as well. You know that that was the foundation that the team was built on. I, listen, I, I don't have any issue with MD on that list being awarded that I've, I've went for my own personal preference and heart, but you know, I'd be a full note to acknowledge the, the contribution that Carter Vickers has made. And also when he's popped up with that goal at Ibrox, that what what a cherry on top that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so many have have played such a part. And you, you could add even more, you know, we've got a short list of four. It could easily have been a you know an eight man shortlist or whatever. But you know, notable, you know, credit to Kyogo, to Cameron Carter Vickers, to Joe Hart, and even to Jota and Tom Rodgers, You and know, other guys we've not spent much time on. Um, you know, these guys could all have picked it up for different reasons. But I think generally speaking there's Unanimous then for Callum McGregor and I think nobody could argue he swept the boards and the official awards. These are obviously the ones that count and the ones that the players look at Myth, You know, this, this one that we're doing this evening. Absolutely. Um, and he will just be so proud to have uh, picked up that award from the Celtic Exchange. Do you pick it up? Is it something you can pick up? Picked up uh, It's a tangible. You get to put myth in your shoulders, <laughs> which is a nice thing. I um, Maybe not no so much these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Tom Roddick, I, I suppose just a a wee comment I you know we've done a wee bit on uh you know him and Beaton but if any kind of final thoughts you know obviously we won't spend much time moving forward on, on a guy like Tom Rodgers, but you couldn't exit this season and, and not mention him do you want to give him your lifetime achievement award actually?
1: Oh. Uh, just a special special player um, and it's been a, pl- a pleasure watching him playing for Celtic uh, I just so many magic moments uh, none more so than the cup final winner against Aberdeen but I think that this season's been his best season um, the fact that he's going I can only assume it was something that was pre-agreed at the start of last season I say, I mentioned that last week in the podcast I, Feels that way doesn't it? Aye I, I would love him to be staying for another season purely because I think he's excellent and he could still contribute but if the overall plan is to, to bring in bigger and better then we just need to get behind that and, and, and being savage and ruthless is, is part of what a manager has to be if they want to be successful and be the best so Tom Rogic will will forever be a Celtic legend yeah he's
0: gone out an absolute high and I'd echo that Paddy um, it may have come across as a wee bit negative last week in terms of what you said but you know you know I've spoken since you're a
3: huge Tom Rogic fan aren't you? I'm oh, going to miss him miss him dearly um, I, I'm very in, intrigued to see what he goes on to do I really am um, I just think that what is it 29-30 now 29, I think. 29. He's still got a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that any team that, that gets gets him, I've got a, an incredible player joining them. So I wish him all the best. I'm I'm gutted to see him go. I really am. I thought that potentially if, you know, I kind of noticed that like, an incredible first half of the season from him. And then um, I think probably more so when O'Reilly arrived, wasn't starting as much in and out of the team a lot more. But when he was starting... He was given everything and I go back to that game at Ibrox, outstanding performance from him. And I kind of think that that, you know, on hindsight, I'm kind of looking at it now, like that was probably the beginning of the end of, right, you've, you've given us all, but we need to move on now, I think. Um, but I'd love to see what what could be with him as well, but uh, well, I'll miss him big time, a great player.
0: Yeah, James, fond memories of Tom Rogic. Huge, just, I mean, such a, a unique
2: style. Um, a unique talent, you know, just really hard to replicate, you know, there'll be guys you can come in and you know, do a job and really do something similar, but just that you know, just something you can't quite put your finger on, that, that he's got you know, there's a few, you know, his, his own exit interview, doing the rounds, there's a few other ones, I'm not quite ready for watching them just, <laughs> just yet, too too raw, Um, but in the in the cold light of day and these things, Paddy, i actually said to you, we bumped into each other and a few weeks ago and I'd said and a controversial one I think it, this is before it got announced so I said I think it might be time for Tammy time to go just in terms of time to refresh time to bring someone else in that can give us consistency maybe a bit more legs but you're not going to get the uniqueness that Rogge brings you but you might get somebody that delivers more effectively and that's, that sounds harsh because you know I'm really going to miss the guy on the team will miss him and we'll, we'll miss those special moments that he's brought us but you know football moves on was that the beer talking that night? I stand by what I said, so I hope I hope not. Suggesting that. What
3: did I say? <laughs>
2: the,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: can't go. He's our best player.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so
0: what we'll do, just as we're starting to draw things to a close for this afternoon, we'll just recap uh, those awards. So young-ish player of the year, it's an official term, lads. Uh we've gone for Jotter, 23-year-old Jotter. Goal of the season, we agreed on that Kyogo strike versus Ferns Farros, match day three of the Europa League. The lads gave their various moments of the season and some great answers, some really interesting things there. And finally, the player of the year. Um, much debate, you know, several guys could have picked up, but I think we've agreed that Callum McGregor, the captain for the season he's had, is fully deserving. Miff, I know you'd like to have given Greg Taylor some sort of award for something. Listen, James is making up awards, so you may as well throw the, something in the mix. But, well, Taylor would have been in for his
1: max ability, but whatever. The hell it was. What, um, what about the your uh, sermon of the year? Yeah. <laughs> your, your best Scottish left back called Greg Award. It's yeah, been like a bit, bit harsh since <laughs> Greg, man. Um, I, I would have liked to have given him something, but I'm actually just pleased, pleased at the fact he's justified his place in the squad because he, he was always somebody I thought was a good player when he was at Barnock. When he signed, for obvious reasons, some fans were hesitant to, to welcome him, but I think he's proved his worth. Yeah,
0: just in general if I suppose your closing comments on this awards episode and your hopes for next season as well
1: yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it it's been a really good laugh more than anything else um, but also brilliant just to reflect on the season because I think it's a season you'll be reflecting on for a long time to come um, hopes for next season more of the same really uh, continued progress excited to see the signings that we bring in and unusual the way it, very unceltic like to Almost seem prepared for next season. Automatic entry to the Champions League. Couple of high profile goodbyes, well orchestrated so that the fans could get to see cheerio. Eh, all very unusual for us at this time of the season. A relaxed summer as champions, waiting to see the transfer business we do. Happy days. Yeah,
0: all good. Similar question to yourself, James. So you said uh, famously now about three weeks ago that it's not done till it's done, but it's done. It's done now. It's done. It's absolutely done now. So any final words of wisdom uh, and thoughts for next season or any further subcategories for us to consider for next year's awards? There will be. I've just not got them yet.
2: Um, but it wasn't meant to be like this. You know, we weren't meant to be sitting here celebrating, you know, a double and Angie's maiden season. We are written off. He was told he should go back to Australia and all that nonsense. Um, he's come in and really shook up Celtic. He's given us one of the best seasons of my life, as I said earlier on. But this is the season where he really likes to do his work, really likes to you know catch people's attention. So this is where I'm most excited as to what he's, what he's going to do. It's the first time maybe in my life where I've felt Celtic like an into a summer not running about with a hair on fire, actually thinking, right, what do we need? Who do we need? What position? What budget? All that kind of stuff. Who do we need to let go? It, it seems like they've, they've got a plan and it's ridiculous to, to think that Celtic usually don't have a plan in the summer. It's just a, let's see what the agency. And let's see what happens at the end of the transfer window. So we're going to go into the Champions League and the league campaign ready. I think there will be three or four first teamers. I think there will be four or five guys going out from the other side. So uh, just so excited as to see what Andrew's going to do next season. I think it will be a really solid league campaign. I'd expect us to win that league. But to see how far we can push Champions League, difficult but then to see if we can, can go further in, in another European tournament. But yeah, just delighted.
0: Yeah, and I think that's it's really interesting and really exciting as to, you know, what the summer's going to look like. Some Someone had put up what the the Champions League pots are going to look like. So obviously we're in pot four, which, you know, will leave us with a tough draw. The teams or the calibre of teams in pot one, two and three, it's frightening. You know, it could be a really tough time, but then someone says, listen, this is what it is. You know, you're at the top table, you go there, you be fearless and you know that Andrew will be fearless. And we'll be a better side for it, you know, come that that first group game whenever it is, I think. Is it September, October, Paddy from memory? We'll be we'll be in a stronger position. We're in a good position just now, we'll be in a far better position. And I think we'll just go and enjoy it. You know, it's it's all there for us. I think that
3: what's standing in our favour is that There's two teams from Scotland pushing in Europe again. Um, That is going to be a a huge factor for us as a club. And of mentioned it last week. I think our board have been very hesitant in the worry that, you know, we don't qualify uh, for the group stage. So therefore not having that plan in place and not going and signing the players that I need for that tournament coming up has, you know, has went against us many times, especially in the qualifiers. But when we have qualified... still not, we're rushing about with three, four days of our transfer window to get a team ready to try and compete against the likes of PSG, Barcelona, you you name it. Um, This is totally different. This is in a a position now where not only are we looking at the season for Europe and what kind of players we have to have ready for it, we're thinking, well, hang on a minute, if we're now going to be trying to compete to get into this tournament season in, season out, then we start looking at, bigger, better players, you're thinking four or first, uh, four first team players, I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we double that and, and of a very, very strong calibre. I think they might throw an awful lot of money towards trying bigger to- Bigger squad. Bigger squad, aye. Yeah. Um, and I just think that they know that this is the time just to try and capitalise because if you do well in Europe this season, the automatic qualification starts to continue for us. And they'll be thinking, well, we're going to start bringing that Champions League money in every season, so why not take the risk? Yeah. And it's all about the risk factor for them, as we've seen in previous years, that pressure's off, so you need to deliver.
0: I'm into that strategy, Paddy. Thank if you. If you could put that
3: right into Also, another wee quick word. Do you not think that this coffee cup looks like a European trophy? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that earlier on. On you go, mate. There
0: is, that, you go. is that one of the awards? My <laughs> Starbucks coffee cup? Um, Can you give that to Kyle McGregor for... I'm sure he'd like it (laughs) (laughs) can't have you wiped down could you Um, Paddy I mean just as we start to wrap things up at one point you had us dreaming of a quadruple and it wasn't wholly unrealistic you know things were going well there was a wee bit of blind
3: faith optimism he's got his 20 points clear next year we will be sticking with that 100% aye aye we'll blow them away next season I would
2: normally follow that I just wonder who's I thought Hearts were abysmal on Saturday and they're the third best team in Scotland. So we can take points off them. Who else can? Be interesting to see what happens at Hibs. You know, know, the lads at Lee Johnson come in there. Aberdeen have to, you know, reawaken themselves. I think Goodwin's a good manager. But the 20 points needs help from others unless they just capitulate.
3: But it's also that that, that there could be a huge exodus across the road as well this season. And do they have the funds to try and bring that type of team back in to compete against us? I don't know. Yeah, don't
0: know. 20 points for you. 19. 19, 19. I Cautious. Miff, do you just want to be competing again? Mm, Helicopter Sunday.
2: (laughs) Uh, Within within 10 points of them. Moving on.
0: (laughs) Um, Any final comments, lads? Any other business as we start to wrap things up?
2: I've genuinely nothing left to say. It's been a really interesting, fun episode. Just looking forward to
0: next season. It's going to be a long summer. It's going to be a long summer. Don't worry, we've got plenty of good stuff coming up for you guys. So that concludes the inaugural Celtic Exchange End of Season Awards and well done to all the winners who are sure will be welling up with emotion as we speak. Thanks to Miff, James and Paddy for joining me at today's lavish ceremony and thanks to you for continuing to support and follow at the Celtic Exchange. We'll be back with some exciting special shows during the closed season but in the meantime and as always, thanks for tuning in.